Good morning. I greet you all this morning in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as we come to worship our Lord this day. Just a couple of quick announcements. As you've seen at the doors, we do require masks in here, unless you're doing a reading or a, a singing. So please wear your masks. The offering is back. The offering box is back by Joe there. And uh, so if you want to drop your offering off there, that was great. I just... I have to be honest that when I watched the press conference on Thursday of the Dr. Strang, I was really frustrated because COVID is rampant right now. <clears throat> COVID was in my house last week. I had COVID, Anthony had COVID, Bev had COVID. Um, so I'm staying my distance from you. I'm pretty sure I'm good, but I'm going to stay my distance. And I'm going to wear my mask. And for that reason, we will not do our Bible study after church today just to be on the safe side. And we'll talk about when we'll pick it back up again. So just, yeah, please be careful. COVID is literally everywhere right now. And I just want to encourage you to to be careful when you're out there and just try to love our neighbors as best we can. All right, our annual meeting is April 24th, so that's two weeks away. And because I was laid up for a couple days with COVID this week, the annual report is not quite finished. It is so close. And I'll have it ready in a couple of days. And I'll put it on the website, I'll mention it in our e-newsletter, you can download it, and we'll we'll have some printed copies here next week, so that you'll have a week to read it over before our annual meeting on the 24th. I had hoped to have it ready today, but unfortunately that's just the way it goes sometimes. Um, Announcements, announcements. I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. Oh, Good Friday service will be this Friday at 11 a.m. here in the sanctuary. Sunrise service, one week from today, 6 a.m. on Indian Beach, and we will actually be on the beach because the, the, the park wasn't closed this year for a change, so we'll actually be able to go right down to the boardwalk on the beach. And then we'll be back here for 11 a.m. And unfortunately, you're on your own for breakfast this year, but hopefully we'll be back to sharing the meals next year. Any other announcements to share? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, as COVID is right now, it's not good. I mean, we're, there's 1,000 reported cases a day right now. That's PCR tests. That's not including the three in my house or in many of your houses. So, um, yeah. So I don't know. I think we may have to do a brown bag lunch on the 24th. Yeah, bring your own lunch, and we'll stay as spread out as we can while we eat, and then we'll put our masks back on for the meeting. I think that's unless things change. And if, you know, we may even consider postponing a bit. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what COVID is doing in the community at that time. Any other announcements to share? Okay, let's just take a moment to silence our hearts. Silence our hearts as we prepare to worship our God. We light this candle to remember Jesus Christ, light of the world, walks with us each and every day. Let's join together in a responsive psalm, Psalm number 24. And I need to remember I'm doing tech today. Mm-hmm. 
earth is God's and all that is in it, the world and those who live upon it. Ascend the mountain of God, who may stand in God's holy place. Those who have clean hands and a pure heart, who have not set their minds on deceit, nor made false promises. They shall receive God's blessing, righteousness from the God who will save them. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift yourselves up, you everlasting doors, that the one who rules in glory may enter. Who rules in glory? It is God, valiant and strong, God who is mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates. join together in prayer. Let us pray. Lord, we gather as your children in this season of preparation. As we walk with Jesus to the cross, may we lay down our sins and receive the gift of love you have for us. May we draw closer to our Savior, who is your Son, and live the life you have in store for us. We pray in his most holy name. Amen. Let us sing together all glory, laud, and honor. Thank you. 
Our scripture reading this morning is taken from the Gospel of John, chapter 19, beginning at verse 16. So they took charge of Jesus. He went out carrying his cross and came to the place of the skull, as it is called. In Hebrew, it is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and they also crucified two other men, one on each side, with Jesus between them. Pilate wrote a notice and had it put on the cross. Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews, is what he wrote. Many people read it because the place where Jesus was crucified was not far from the city. The notice was written in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek. The chief priest said to Pilate, Do not write the King of the Jews, but rather, this man said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I have written stays written. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God.
Let us pray. Lord, we do indeed come as your children in praise and worship of you. As we walk with Jesus in these final hours of his life, be with us, speak to us, lead us, and teach us. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, you who are our rock, our strength, and our Redeemer. Amen. Now normally on this Sunday, before Easter, we would be waving our palm branches and shouting our hosannas as Jesus enters into the city of Jerusalem for the final time. We would join our cries of hosanna. We would join our cries of Jesus, save us to the crowd. But this year, we've taken a different approach. We have been walking with Jesus from his arrest through to his death on the cross. And we've been focusing on those final hours of his earthly life. So instead of our usual celebration morning today, we enter this holiest of weeks with Jesus carrying his own cross to his own execution through the streets of Jerusalem. So what have we seen over the last five weeks? We've seen Jesus taken and questioned by the high priest Annas. We've seen Peter, his most trusted disciple, maybe even his best friend, deny even knowing him three times. We've seen Jesus then dragged before Pilate for questioning. And Pilate even tries to release Jesus a number of times. But the crowd will not allow it. The mob is demanding his blood because he claims to be the Son of God. We saw Jesus beaten. We saw him mocked. We saw him humiliated. We saw him shouted down. We saw him screamed at. These are what Jesus experienced in his final hours on this earth. A man who is innocent of anything, of any wrong. And then we get to our reading from today. It is somewhat short. It is to the point. Jesus, we read, is crucified between two other criminals on that same cross he carried through the streets. Above his head, Pilate has affixed a sign. It says, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. But more than just saying that, he's written it in three different languages so that everyone who sees this man hanging on the cross, they know exactly who he is. There's no question. Now, the chief priests we read, they object to this sign. They never said Jesus was the king of the Jews. They simply said he, was the son, he claimed to be the son of God. So please, Pilate, if you would, take down the sign, or at least change it. Change it to say he claimed to be the king of the Jews. But Pilate refused. Pilate just simply replies, what I have written, I have written. Now I have to say, as we've been going through this over the last number of weeks, I feel like I'm learning a lot as we've been going hour by hour, verse by verse through these final steps that Jesus takes. And I hope I've been able to convey some of what I've been learning with you. So as we've been focusing on Pilate for a good, feels like a good part of the last number of weeks, I feel like I'm getting into his head. I feel like I'm starting to understand what he's thinking about who he is. 
And I believe that the sign placed above the head of Jesus was, was hung there with a purpose. I believe he chose his words very carefully, very intentionally. And that's why he wouldn't change it. He wrote Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews, for a purpose. Now, I've mentioned a couple times that Pilate is simply just wanting to keep his job. He wants, his job is to keep Rome happy, is to collect taxes, it is to keep the peace. If he does those two simple things, he's got a job for as long as he wants it. And it's a nice job, too. I mean, he lives in a palace, he has servants, he has an army, he's got, uh, he's got power, he's got wealth, he's got respect. What more can a man want in life? And that's the point. There's nothing else he wants in this entire world than to live and do what he is doing. Life is good for Pilate. So he needs to send a message. And the message is what he wrote on the sign on the cross in three languages. Tacked, ahead, tacked above the head of Jesus on the cross. Jesus of the Nazareth Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. The message that he's trying to send by that simple sign is this is what happens to people when they stand against the Roman Empire. This is how Pilate keeps the peace. He keeps people living in fear that if they step out of line, they'll find themselves on a cross. Just like this Jesus character. and what he is supposed to have done. So what has Jesus done to deserve any of this? How has he been working against the Roman Empire? Well, let's look at what he did. He helped the poor. He healed the sick. He gave people hope. He loved them. And for all of this, he was nailed to a cross because he was seen as a threat to the Roman Empire. Seems a little over the top, don't you think? But Jesus knew this was going to happen. He knew what was in store for him. He knew what he would face. He knew the hatred. He didn't fight it. He faced it head on because he knew that through his life, through his teachings, through his example, people would come to know God and know him more. And for those who seek God, for those who follow Jesus, they will be with him in victory on Easter morning when he walks out of that grave. Jesus did it all for them. He did it all for us. He did it all for you. And following Jesus does mean we're going to go against the ways of the world once in a while. In fact, probably much more than once in a while. But Jesus knew it wouldn't be easy, which is why he came to show us how to do it. In Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14, Jesus said this, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but the gate is small, and the narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. The harder, narrower road is the road that leads to the life God has in store for us. 
not the road that everyone else takes, not that big fancy new highway. That's the one that leads to destruction, Jesus says. Take the harder road, take the narrow road. In Luke 14, Jesus says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. There is a cost to following Jesus. Sometimes it means giving up something that we think is important to us. Jesus says we need to love him more than anything else in this world. Yes, even our families. In Luke 18, Jesus says, How hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. He says this in response to a young rich man who is seeking how to gain eternal life. Jesus told him to get rid of everything that he values more than God. Because in our excess, in our excess, our idols, our pride, our, our material things, everything we place above God is baggage. It's baggage that keeps us from entering the kingdom of God because uh, yeah, it's, just, it's baggage that keeps us from entering the kingdom of God. Everything the world tells us we need to do, everything we need to buy, everything we need to say, everything we, we need to live, all of this is baggage. It's baggage that keeps us from entering the kingdom of God because the way of the world is not God's way. God's way is simple. Love Him, love people. Love God, love people. It's, it's that simple. And Jesus has shown us that if you do this, everything else falls into place. Just as it fell into place for Jesus where he ultimately hung on the cross. And he did it for our salvation. He did it for our freedom from sin. And he did it for our life in God. Jesus died to sin so that we would never have to do the same. This is the king we follow. He's not the king of the Jews. He's not the king of Nazareth. He's not the king of this world. He is the king of our lives and of our hearts so that we may live with him for all eternity. This is the king we follow. Not the king of this world. Not the king of business, not the king of any country, not the king of the news, not the king of advertising, not the king of sports or the king of entertainment. None of these kings can do anything for us because what they do, they do for themselves. And yes, I'm generalizing. I realize that there are few people out there who do good things for others, but many, many do not. They are looking out for themselves first and foremost. And even some of those who do do things for others are doing it to promote themselves. But maybe, just maybe, if you catch them on the right day, they might do the right thing, maybe. They might do it selflessly, maybe. Yet everything Jesus did, everything Jesus did, he did for someone else. He did for everyone else. He lived the perfect life selfless life. He lived a sinless life. 
yet he still bore the punishment and shame for the sins of all generations so that those who know him, those who follow him, may have eternal life. That little sign that Pilate put put at the head of Jesus was meant to be a warning sign. It was a warning sign to all who seek to follow Jesus. Do what he did and you will face the same penalty. Yet that's not the message of the cross at all now, is it? The message of the cross is follow Jesus. Do the things he did and receive eternal life. Avoid his death to sin. That is the simple things to do to receive eternal life. Love God, love others. Bring hope, bring healing, bring forgiveness, bring peace, bring mercy. Bring these things and do them in the name of Jesus and you will have eternal life. You will be with him in glory. We read parts of Psalm 24 to start our service today. I'm going to read the whole thing. It says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart. The one who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god. They will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is he, this king of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is the king of glory. The Lord is the king of glory of glory. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, he is the king of glory. May we choose to follow him, to follow his way of love and peace, his way way of care and forgiveness, his way of living for God instead of living for this world. May we choose to follow our Savior who hung on a cross for our salvation, our freedom from sin, and may we follow him into a life in glory, both on this earth and forevermore. Amen. As we continue our walk with Jesus, let us sing together, Go to Dark Gethsemane.
As we present our offering this day, we offer all that we have in a portion of which to the church so that God's glory may be revealed and shared both in this world and forevermore. Let us sing the doxology. pray. Lord, we humbly present our offerings to you this day. May you bless us and multiply it for your glory. Amen. Let's join our hearts in a time of prayer. Lord, we gather today ever thankful for the blessings of life you have shared with us. We thank you for scientists, for those who make vaccines, especially in these troubled times, these challenging times. May you bless their hands. May you bless their work. Lord, we thank you too for family and for friends who watch out for us and care for us. We thank you for our church family as we share in life together in this place as followers of your son, Jesus Christ, who gave his life for our own. Lord, we also come with the concerns we, sh- we carry. And Lord, for people like me who had a very mild case of COVID, we pray for those who do suffer. We pray for those who have suffered with the, with the virus itself. We pray for those who are suffering with long COVID, the extended period of impact on their life. We pray, O oh God, for those who have not yet received and who have not yet caught it. Because God, it seems like we're on our own right now to deal with the virus. And so, Lord, we pray for protection of one another. We pray for protection of our family and our friends. We pray for protection of our children, our schools, our hospitals, our seniors' centers. We pray for protection where anybody gathers together. Lord, we pray too for those who are waiting for surgeries. We pray for those who are waiting for tests. We pray for those who are waiting for appointments. We pray for those who are waiting for help, for warmth, for clothing, for food. Lord, we pray, too, for the people on our hearts this day. And Lord, we pray, too, for the people of Ukraine and for all places in this world 
that are under threat or the impact of war. Lord, no one on this earth should be suffering under the hand or the weaponry of anyone else. And so, Lord, we pray for Russia. We pray that calmer heads will prevail, that wisdom will be given, that they are hurting an innocent people. And we pray, O oh God, that they will turn from their evil ways and seek peace in their hearts. Lord, we pray for those who are rushing to the aid. We pray for those who are raising money to send, who are making supplies to send. We pray for those who are receiving their supplies. We pray for those who are receiving the refugees, O oh God, those who are fleeing war. And we pray that you will give them strength to serve in your name. Lord, we pray for peace on this earth. We pray for your peace on this earth. The peace that was given to us through Jesus Christ who gave his life on a cross so that we may live. And we lift all these prayers in his most holy name as he taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our closing hymn is Jesus Keep Me Near the Cross.
My friends, may we walk from this place realizing that on Friday we see our Savior die on the cross. May we take this week to reflect of the power that has for us as we watch him die for our sin, for our freedom, for our salvation. Let us go knowing that he is the king of our lives, the king forever. Let us go now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God in each and every one of us, now and forever. Amen.